today on The Breakdown. It's a $20,000 buy-in, high roller event, and man, have we got luminaries coming out the Wafrickin' Zoo. I'm talking a World Series of Poker main event champion Joe McKeon. I'm talking number one rated GPI player Alex Foxen, and I'm talking about World Series of Poker final tableist main event man Jort Van Hoof. They're all going at it. There's three players left. There's hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. Let's get into it right now on The Breakdown. With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. That was too much. I uh, I decided to try a little different was, thing. You got to do like a more affected voice if you're going to do it that way. It was like you were unable to find your voice for the type of tone you were going for. I was just, you know, the thing is this. I'm not going for anything when I start, right? It's in the middle of it. I suddenly make decisions and I go and I walk down paths. And so that's part of the problem. One might argue. Yeah. <laughs> one might argue that but, the lack uh, of planning for this podcast. Is, I'm just like, cool, let's do an opening. I'm going to say something about the fact that there's these guys in it and it's a big buy-in and you know, that's all. I, and that's what I did. And then I went tonally. I went in a, in a weird direction. You know, there's podcasts out there that have like audio engineers working on them and stuff. And like, <laughs> it's like 30 hours of work to put out a 30 minute podcast. I actually do know that. And yeah. uh, it's like really, I think most podcasts actually like serious podcasts. Anyway, I can, I consider ours to be a serious podcast. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a profession that yeah, makes it a serious right. podcast. Um, I think most of them do a thing where like at the least they like record it and then a sound engineer listens to it and makes some changes. Then they listen to it and make suggestions and give notes and stuff like that. I think it's, everything's listened to at least like three or four it's like times. A whole, it's like a whole damn thing. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing, man. Yeah. We're just here to talk poker. We just watch the hand and then we start shooting the shit. Yeah. Jonathan sometimes says stuff that makes it so we have to cut and start again. <laughs> that happened the last podcast we did, but you guys don't know about that because nope. we edited it on out. And you'll Thank never goodness. know. You can speculate. Did I say something potentially offensive? Yeah. Sure I did. Yeah. But, you know, the magic of editing makes it uh, safe. And that's the most editing we've done for years. Yeah. We don't do editing. Well, I mean, put in the music. Sure. That music is an automatic, man. I have to do stuff. It's I, I, that's up. labor. That's yeah. serious that's labor. That's basically our version of listening to the show four times is you putting in the music at the beginning and the end. Yeah, and I have to export it from so, GarageBand. Yeah, people are super interested in this part. To of it. upload it yeah. to the internet so you can all hear it. Hey, why don't you tell us a poker joke? A poker joke? Yeah. All right. How do you kill a poker player? How? You shoot him or you stab him. That's <laughs> not. That's yeah. not. No. That's, that's the best I got. Oh. Okay. I mean, the one poker joke I've heard the most times probably that's like an actual joke with a punchline. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard this joke. How do you get a professional poker player off of your porch? I don't know. Pay him for the pizza. Oh, I've never heard that. And I like it very much. <laughs> it's not bad, right? <laughs> I like it a lot. That was a good poker joke. Pay him for the pizza. Nice. Of course, that's back when drones were not delivering pizza. Right. Stuff. Because by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> Everybody's eating their drone delivered pizza. Everyone's eating their drone delivered pizza while they read our book. How can you fold? How can he fold? Yeah. <laughs> Incredible poker hands broken down decision by decision. You did it. <laughs> sort of. So almost. You I almost. struggle so much. I'm really worried when we start doing interviews about this book and I just get the title wrong every time. The title should be easy. You got the title wrong. Usually you get the subtitle wrong, which is a little yeah. bit more complex for a person of your well, that's what I mean. mental stature. <laughs> I, mean fortitude. Sub- I mean the whole title. The subtitle is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. The title is easy. Anyway, Jonathan is talking about our poker book, which mm. it will be out 
either very soon or already. Probably by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, but if so not, you look on Twitter. We're definitely Twitter, talking about Twitter, we are the Poker Guys on Twitter. That is where we will be talking about the book, putting links out. Um, yep. We'll have eBooks available from our website. Yep, that's Kindle, that's EPUB, that's the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, which you can get directly from our website. If you want to buy it on Amazon, get the paperback. Yep. Um, that's where you can find it there. We'll have a link for that as well. If you do get it on Amazon, please leave a review. It helps us. I like how you're you're trying to like you're trying to like prep these people to already leave reviews. It just if they happen to like yeah, I don't know how effective that is. Well, um, I'm just saying that but it's cool. It's but cool. It's we, want, we want reviews. We've it's been true. working on the book for a while. We it's almost we've had a, a, pretty much a year. We've had it professionally designed. It looks really nice. The, the interior and the cover we like both quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it's a book that you know plays to our strengths. It's fun yeah. poker analysis with beautiful graphics. That is correct. I yeah. mean. It's us taking about 30 really great, interesting, big-time hands for huge stakes, um, all tournament hands, and us having text conversations about them, basically texting back and forth about them and us showing you those those conversations. And they are funny and interesting and thoughtful, and it gets really complicated by the end, too. Yeah, like, and I, yeah, those, It gets super advanced by the that's, end. That was a choice we consciously made was to start yeah. with the simpler hands, which are still, there are, is certainly some complexity, too. Yeah. And, and by the end, it's like, when we're doing the editing, we have to reread each paragraph a couple times. We're like, okay, why did yeah. we say that? Is oh, that okay, right? that makes sense. Okay, now I get it. You know, I sometimes find myself, when I'm reading those last ones, I go in a little of a fog because yeah. it's like it's so complicated you know yeah. comparatively at least to, the, to everything else so it's pretty cool yeah yeah and we're really excited about it. it's called how can he how can he fold question mark question mark question mark incredible poker hands broken down decision by yep. decision i That's also the name i also wrote a little combinatoric section in there that i'm quite yes, proud of it's quite good grant thank did a good job with that thank you anyway pick it up yes today Pick it up. All right. Today. All right. Let's, let's get. Speaking let's of Twitter, on. that's where this hand was suggested by the goat, Ben Page. Oh, man, that guy. He's the only one who suggested this hand because who the hell is watching the best bet Jacksonville? Ben think, Pages. <laughs> for some people getting, you know, a suggestion through on the breakdown and we turn into a video, which we're going to do with this hand. Uh, like, it's a big deal. It's a whole thing for Ben Page. It's just another notch on his guitar. You know, yeah. he's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like he's like Eddie Vedder getting to play like in L.A. Right. at a big venue. He's like, yeah, sure, I do that all the time. It's like, and what's for dinner? Yeah, also like that's more interesting to me at this point. Right, you know, I, I they, the poker guys picked my suggestion. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, anyway, of course, he included a YouTube link and a timestamp when he suggested. That's the only way to do it if you want to be a hero like Ben, and he is. Yeah. He's basically a superhero. Basically. Basically. He's got powers of some sort. Yeah. He might have the power to watch multiple poker streams at once. While still, you know, totally fulfilling all the responsibilities of his important newspaper job. Yeah. He's the editor. Get me Ben Page right now. <laughs> <laughs> the story needs a Ben Page tint on it. <laughs> all right. So there might have been a deal made to create these prizes, but we have three left, and there are only three paid because only 19 players entered this 20K. Yeah. Third's going to receive 73K, which is a huge payout for the, the bubble payout, basically. Mm-hmm. The, just past the bubble payout, the min cash. Second's 109K, and first is 182K. And as Jonathan said, we got three luminaries. We've got Joe McKeehan, Alex Foxen, and Jorn Van Hoof. Van Hoof, certainly not on the same level as those other guys as far as notoriety, but... yeah. Did have a deep main event run. Did make some very interesting plays at the final I thought table. He played well. If I recall, I was impressed with this play and thought he played well the whole way. I did too. I did too. It was some of the first breakdowns we did were uh, Van Hoof uh, final table hands, actually. Yeah, what was that kid's name that he played that major hand? Started, with, started with an, an L. L. Yeah, that's yeah, all I know. Kid, um, where the 
kid did like the just no Van Hoof did the just in case raise against yeah. him. And like with two pair and got the kid to fold like the bottom end of the straight or something. Yeah, like that, that, I think yeah. that's right. Eight nine against King Ten or something. It's King Ten for sure. I don't yeah. remember about eight nine. Anyway, that sounds right. Though. That's who we're dealing with, old Yort. Yeah. All right. So Foxen's going to be in the small blind. McKeehan will fold the button. Sorry, Joe. Not this time. <laughs> but you're still an important player. We still think that you are good at poker. Yeah, we do. All right. So Foxen is the chip leader right now. He's got nine hundred and sixty k. So almost fifty bigs. Joe McKeon's in second place with 675, and Jord Van Hoof is straggling along with 225K, so 11 blinds. Joe McKeon can at least um, feel good about that. He's in the book. Yes. He's one of the hands in the book. He, anyway. he is, and Alex Foxen and Jord Van Hoof, no hands in the book. Yeah, so maybe maybe, maybe one day. Joe McKeon involved in the second most complex hand in the book, in fact, yeah, out of right. the 30 hands. It is quite complex, and some might argue it's more complex than what we consider the most complex. I yeah. would disagree, but I could see the argument. But anyway. Anyway. Foxen, with his 50 blinds, limps in the small blind with 10 of hearts, 5 of clubs. This is something we were seeing from all these good yeah, players. Like Manny Closer, we saw him do this against Ryan Reese when Ryan Reese had six blinds in the big blind with 7-4 off or six deuce. It was worse than 7-4 Six four deuce off, off yeah. yeah. And that, now Foxen's doing it against a stack that could clearly shove with a huge range of your Van Hoof. I'm really surprised, but this is clearly a decision the elite players have made, and there's, I'm sure there's good reason behind it. I'm sure yeah. they've like solved it out or or whatever they've done, and they and they know they can limp basically with everything, and it's okay to fold because they're maybe because they're only putting in half a blind. It's just worth the risk, and maybe the, pro- the big blind Annie being involved is like a big reason for this. But wouldn't you just want to? Wouldn't you just move them in more often than not? Like it's such a good time to move them in with yeah. if if you're going to play the hand this hand, you think like. The, cool, there's a big blind ante, so that's great, considering there's only three of us. Like, yeah. you know, it's a huge extra payout that than you would normally get, like, three-handed. I mean, that's not true anymore, I guess, but it used to be the case, right? I guess some tables go down to half, go down to a small blind ante, though, once they get this one does, smaller. Right. So, like, I so think, it's really worth going after. Yeah, I, I'm very shocked by the amount of poker tours and organizations that are not going to a half big blind ante. It really hasn't happened. When it goes four-handed or less. Because it's so it just completely changes the dynamic of the game. It does. It just encourages so much more thievery. Yeah. And yet we're not seeing thievery here in a spot where you feel like, I guess, like, you can't, you can put pressure on Yorit, but he's going to have his very obvious calling ranges, whatever they are, right? And so, like, you can't really do too much to him because McKean has so many more blinds than Yorit does that Yorit's not going to worry about, like, trying to outlast anyone, right? He's just going to play as the short stack and not worry yeah. about it. I think this is like, I wouldn't really consider doing anything but just throwing this hand away based on the 11 blind stack or the only other move I would consider is moving in. So it's fascinating to me that Fox and, and as we said before, um, Loser both limp here in this. Spot. Yeah, it is strange and it's not something we've yet figured out. Well, we're going to really get into solver stuff really soon, you and I. And so maybe the solver is just going to show you, show us that that's just like has to happen when you're playing elite players. Maybe. Anyway. Obviously not against worse players. No, of course not. I mean, there's a lot of worse players that you can limp here because, like, they are never going to raise you. But mostly it's better just to move in on them anyway because they're never going to call. Right. So, whatever. Anyway, Jord Van Hoof is in the big blind. As I said, he's got 11 blinds, 225K. He's got Queen of Hearts, Three of Clubs. Do you think this is good enough for a move in? I think it's super close. I think King Three is an easy move in. Yeah. I think Queen Eight is a move in, probably. Queen Nine for sure. Yeah. Um, Queen three off is probably, I think I would check it back. Yeah. I think I probably would. Like, I get to play in position without having, uh, for free. Yeah, I think that's probably a fine plan. Um, I, I, mean, I might be just, like, because we've been talking about the low limps and 
this limp by Foxen makes me feel like if the range is literally all combos in the deck, maybe yeah. moving in with any queen is profitable, though. Yeah, um, I think probably it is, actually. And the, here's the thing. Like, a queen actually doesn't serve as good as a blocker as we might think because, like, queen highs probably aren't calling our shoves anyway. No. So they like Queen Jack's probably just going to shove on us. It doesn't want to call an eleven blind shove, right? Right. It may decide to, but it seems like a bad play. Um, so a queen, a queen doesn't work as well as a blocker as we might hope it would, you know. But still, I feel like, if, like you said, if they're literally calling with everything here, maybe we should be just shoving everything when we've got ten blinds and just not worry about it. Maybe. Like, there's three blinds out there. Like, why not just take them, like, some really high percentage of the time? I assume if we do that a few times, they're going to stop limping with everything, right. and then we all readjust. But So maybe you can maybe... The thing is, this is on a stream, too, so you should know this. You should know that he's limping, like, super wide. Yeah. And then I would think maybe I would just, like, be like, all right, I'm going to shove a few times. Maybe that's already happened, though. And so now he's like, all right, I can't keep shoving. Yeah, who knows? Perhaps. Yeah. Anyway, it would have worked this time. Definitely. But, but here instead, we are. he checks. Okay. Pot's going to be 60K. Nitrogen is going to be everywhere all the time it's gonna be a hundred k carrot <laughs> you know so is that like a measure of nitrogens yeah 100 k carrots of nitrogen yeah and by carrots i don't mean like gold there's a reason I i'm mean, talking like, about an element it's because it is the chosen name of the online gambling site that sponsors this podcast in mm. fact it's called nitrogen sports and they have a poker room jonathan they do and in that poker room you can play the poker guys tournament Jonathan. Yes, it's a monthly tournament grant. But, Jonathan, you have to do something in order to do that. It's very easy to do. The, the secret handshake. You have to use the link in the description. There is no secret handshake. There's a link in the description of this podcast, Jonathan. You have to use that link when you sign up, Jonathan. I mean, yes, but, I mean, if you thought that, if you knew that there was a secret handshake, it wouldn't be so secret now, would it? So maybe there is a secret handshake. Jonathan, if there was a secret handshake, Ben Page would know about it, Jonathan. And he doesn't, Grant? He does. <laughs> That's anyway, the secret handshake is for an entirely different purpose. Okay. Use the link to sign up to get access to the tournament. It also tells Nitrogen you came from us, helps us out a little bit. We yep. appreciate it. Yep. Once you sign up, it's pretty great. You've got the tournament we talked about. We talk about it all the time. There's also sports betting, casino games. It's a Bitcoin-only site. And by the way, they don't fuck around with your money. When you withdraw your Bitcoin, they give it to you within 90 minutes. That's a good deal. Nobody else really does that. Yep. All those things. Now, if... If we get enough people to sign up for nitrogen from this specific podcast, I get to tase Grant. I'm going to tase him, and he's not going to know what's going to happen. I'm going to film it. It's not true. It's a lie. It's just like the secret handshake. How would you know? I just know. How would you know, though? Because Grant is so afraid of being tased, guys. You're so afraid of being Grant tased. Grant is more afraid That's than not, I am of being tased. That is not true. That is true. That is true. Nah. We've talked about taste things right and yeah. like i'm always you're always like absolutely not and i'm like i need there to be mattresses so when i fall i don't land on my face and i'm still very afraid you you don't even consider it you're more afraid than me you're more afraid than i am i don't think there's anything in this world that i'm more afraid of than you <laughs> you're so afraid of everything but tasing i got you <laughs> i don't think so yeah. I, I would not like to be tased. I mean, oh, now the truth comes out. And so you, were you lying now or are you lying then? Would you like to be tased? I'm fine with it. Yeah, one of those that shoots let's the, both, little hooks, let's, the little hooks oh going God. Let's both get tased on camera and see who hates it more. <laughs> Why would you suggest things like this? Because, see, this is what I'm saying. You're so afraid you don't even, you can't even go along with it. You're so afraid. You look at you're quaking. Your, your lips are literally trembling <laughs> right now. <laughs> They're not. It's lying. Your hands are shaking. You're like a leaf in the wind, a stiff wind. 
I mean, from a philosophical perspective, I agree. What? We are but blades of grass thrown into an yeah. uncaring wind. Yeah. Of course. That's plagiarized. Yep. <laughs> from, the, from the onion. Yeah. Um, but it is an excellent line. It is. All right. Anyway, let's move along. We've got queen three for Van Hoof in the big blind, starting with 11 big blinds. We've got Foxen in the small blind with 10-5 off with uh, all the money in the world, both <laughs> chips and real money probably. probably. The flop is four of diamonds, five of spades, six of clubs. Still something for everybody. Yeah. We got an open ender, the bottom end of the open ender for Van Hoof and Foxen with a middle pair. They both check. I'm interested in, in this. What the hell is happening? All right. So I... I understand why Foxen checks, I feel do like. Do you think Foxen is going for the check shove? I was wondering that. I think he probably is because he feels like when he's losing, he's probably going to end up doubling up Van Hoof anyway at this point. Might as well get some bluffs in there from Van Hoof. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's capture some... Uh, let's capture... Uh, let's, like... Not necessarily... Let's, like, let's get the straight draws to, like, be forced to fold, basically. Or get all the money from the straight draws yeah. if they call it off. But either way, as opposed to, like, you know, he gets to decide how much he puts in or not. You know what I mean? Let's just shut him out right now, basically. I think he's probably going to check raise when he's only got... When Van Hoof only has 11 blinds. Yeah, probably. Seems right, though, doesn't it? I mean, it's not a great spot, but you could, you're usually winning. I mean, obviously, he's not check folding. We know that. No way. He yeah. could check call, but I think, I think he's check raising. Probably. On this sweater board. So how about Van Hoof not betting his straight draw when he's this short? I don't understand. I don't get it. He's afraid of the check shove. I guess so. And he's I right mean, to be. He's probably right to be. He's, he probably was hoping Foxen would bet so he could shove on Foxen, right? Yeah, for sure. And now he could just shove anyway. He doesn't have to bet. He could just be like, I'm all in. And that's, that's a like huge bet. shove. It is, but who cares? He's got 11 225 blinds. 225 and a 60? Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous, but he's got 11 blinds. It's better. And the good thing about it is that way you don't have to bet fold. Because if you bet 40, you have to fold yeah. to the shove, right? So if you're afraid of the shove, maybe this is why he's checking it back, though, because he doesn't want to actually do 225 into 60 or whatever. Yeah. And um, it's reasonable to play higher variance, though, because McKeon does not have a threatened stack. Exactly. You know, it's not like you can ladder up very easily by waiting for McKeon to bust. It's possible he just wants to wait till the turn and get. he wants to get the shove in. He wants to capture that equity. So if he checks here, he's got to be, I think he's got to raise most turns. Just raise all in most turns. That's reasonable. I think so. Most of the time. Yeah. Because also you can get like Alex off like straight draws also. Like you could both have a straight draw and stuff. True. Like that'd be cool. True. That'd be so Whereas you have queen cool. high, maybe your straight draw is better anyway. Maybe you're ahead. Who knows? Anyway. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he checks. So okay. whatever. We're going to the turn. There's still 60K in the pot. Four, five, six diamonds, spades, and clubs. Turn is the king of clubs. Brings a second club. This is a club that should never, ever scare Alex Foxen with his five. That is Alex correct. Alex Foxen should feel like he's ahead 99% of the time here because Van Hoof did not shove preflop, which I imagine he would do with any king. Yep. And he did not bet the flop, which I imagine he would do with any six. I'm not 100% sure on that. I think you're right. I think Alex Foxen is supposed to be sitting there thinking, I have the best hand right now. Yeah. Pretty much always. And I agree with you. Probably any five also Van Hoof would bet. So a better five yep. is not really a question either. Yep. So I guess Foxen's only question, it's weird to have a hand like 10-5 on this board and feel like it's so strong against your opponent's range, but it really feels that way, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you, uh, the thing is you assume Van Hoof doesn't even have straight draws very often because yeah. you don't think he's going to check those back, but you do think he's got at least six outs of equity against you most of the time. Most right? of the time, yeah. So, so betting is going to be mostly protection. Mm -hmm. You'd expect Van Hoof to also bet a four on the flop, so you're not going to expect a ton of value from a four by betting here. 
Right. He might sometimes check a four, but almost always he's going to bet it with 11 blinds. Yeah. Yeah. But Foxen is going to bet. I mean, okay. just part of your range that feels like you got to bet. I think so. We're bet never folding. That's the obvious plan. Yep. 35K into 60. Okay. Sure. What do you want to do with your right? You said earlier that you wanted to shove in this spot. It would be 225 over 35. Pretty big shove. It is a big shove. I mean, any raise is committing us, so it's all the same. We could we could make it less, but we're committed either way. It's going to be obvious to Fox and that we're effectively all in, right? Yeah. So we could. I guess we could make it you 70. Know, 70, and if he just calls, we can check back river sometimes, but that doesn't seem like an effective way to play this hand. I don't like that. Nah. Um, the king is a weird card because... We know that that card, if we shove, we know that card actually doesn't help us almost ever. And we know Foxen knows that too. Like right. Like York doesn't have any kings. Foxen could have kings. He could. Right. If he's limping 10-5, he's got to be limping hands like ace-king and stuff too, right? Yeah. Oh, no. I think Foxen is the guy who has kings if anyone has kings. Yeah. So it's a weird time to shove now. Like if we shove, now we're repping like a straight, a flop straight. Yeah, something like that. A t- flop two pair maybe. Like there's not too much value now. Um, at the same point, Fox is going to have a lot of misses here and a shove is going to work anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do. Honestly, I don't like any of my, I don't like, we could just fold by the way. Like I haven't really yeah. thought about that. Like we have the bottom end of the straight draw. We have queen high. We don't have a whole, we're not going to get there very often. Calling doesn't feel like a great a flush draw just came in that Foxen could have. He could yeah, have I mean, like now a, he can have a flush. Yeah. Draw, yeah. Which is bad for us. Yeah. It, He's probably not going to fold that either. If we, I guess it could be a terrible flush run. He could decide. We could actually fold. win with queen high. I mean, that'd calls. be cool. Yeah. I don't think calling makes a whole lot of sense here. Like it's a little pricey and we don't get there enough. And when we get there, it's going to be scary. It's 35 to win 95. It's not a terrible price. We don't get there nearly that often. And let's say when we do get there, like it's four, five, six, right? When a seven comes, do we love our spot? Can no. we get more value? Maybe. The implied odds are not great. No. Is what I'm saying. Like, let's say if maybe if we had a queen, we can get some value. All right. But the, then I guess the question has to be what hands that we played this way up until now are we calling with? Because there has to be something. And we've kind of ruled out all flopped pairs at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe that maybe we don't have to actually have a calling range here. Maybe we can actually not have that. We have 11 blinds. Maybe we just don't have to play like that and be like, I have to protect my stack. Who cares about balance or any of those dumb things? Like, forget it. This is a terrible spot. I'm just going to avoid it. Moving on. Like, that seems like a reasonable response right, to this. That's not how the top guys think these days. No. He's going to think, okay, as played, what's right. my calling range? What, what, what are the best hands I have? Yeah, what, And it's what, possible that this hand makes a lot of sense from that perspective because, it, I mean, this is uh, including a lot of assumptions. But yeah. assu- assuming Van Hoof never has a king because he's shoving that preflop. Right. Doesn't have a flopped pair because he's betting that on the flop. Yeah, I don't know about that second one. Yeah, that's the one I don't know. Because, like, he did check an open and straight draw, which we wouldn't have thought either if we didn't yeah. know it, right? We would say, well, he's betting that on the flop, too, but he, maybe he isn't. I now, agree. again, that's a bet. That's a spot where he could bet and get blown off it, which is maybe why he doesn't bet it. Right? Yeah, maybe that's why. But so, but let's just okay. for a second assume that he's not, he doesn't have any of the flop pairs because he okay. didn't bet them. So he doesn't have any pairs in his range. Right. Literally any. So, he, so like, the only kind of equity he can have is an open ender. Is right. What you're and saying. he has queen high with this open ender, which has actual showdown value, making it one of the better open enders to call with. In fact, it's probably his best showdown value open ender. Yes, it have, is. Right. Yeah. Like, he can have queen seven. Yeah. That's the, that's the, only, that's the only other open ender. Maybe he can have queen eight. Maybe. Once in a while. But he, he might even shove that pre. Yeah. But, but maybe not. But so cool. So this is like the third best hand he can show up with would be the thinking, I guess. Yeah. Well, if we don't, if we're trying to play 
like with minimum defense frequency and not just letting Alex print money every time he bets here, which is what I was sort of advocating, we probably do have to call with this hand. I don't know if it's actually the right play, though, based on the actual situation. Like, yeah, we know. have 11 blinds. Do we really want to put in two blinds right now? I agree. I agree. Sometimes, like, it's okay to let your opponents bet print money when for, when it's for such a relatively small amount in the pot doesn't really matter that much, but like you could end up in just bad situations by calling here and preserving that 35 K actually does matter for your fold equity in the future. Yeah. Like this is still a very winnable tournament. Um, We're going to give up almost 20% of our stack right here. Like yuck. By the way, we could hit cards on the river that cost us more money. Like we could hit a queen and lose. Yeah. We could hit a three and call. We could hit a straight and lose. We got the bottom end of it, right? Like, not, I mean, obviously, we hit it straight. We're thrilled. But yeah. I'm saying, like, a seven could come, and it's bad. Not good, you know? So, like, I think we should just fold, man, even though I agree with you that this is... Distri- if we're using distribution, we're supposed to call. And any kind of math-based approach is really going to argue to call here. Assuming that he is going to bet his pairs on right. the flop. Right, if he's, if, he's, if he's actually betting all his pairs. And if, if, he's, che- if, he's, if he's checking any of his pairs, and maybe he's checking some, a few bottom pairs or something like that yeah. for bluff-catching... Maybe then he can uh, fold this. Even yeah. so, this is still pretty high up in, in all the hands he's going to have. True. Like, any kind of MDF response is definitely to include this hand as a call, I think, even though it's so bloody awful. Situationally, I think it's just a fold anyway. I agree. But he's going to go with the old game theory and make the call. Okay. Against Alex Foxen, you can make it. That's a reasonable thought process, at least, right? Because yeah. Alex Foxen's going to be all over the place. Queen High is going to be good sometimes here. It's not this time. Alex Foster, of no. course, has flopped middle pair, which is like the best middle pair ever based on the situation. Feels <laughs> very clear that he's ahead. It's true. It's true. Well, all, your, all our outs are live as you're it, so that's something. The river is the six of spades. Close. Yeah. Boy, Alex Foxen loves this card. I mean, it's incredible. Like, it's almost impossible for him to be behind. Yeah. Yorit has to have checked back a six and not raised the turn. And the thing is, even if Yort had like a better five, he doesn't have better than king five. He doesn't have ace five. He doesn't have king five. So no. even if he has somehow jack five or queen five, it's a chop anyway now. Yeah. Not that you're really worried about that anyway. Like you wouldn't care. It'd be fine. It's very unlikely. Ten five is, it really feels like the nuts it here. It does feel like always winning. A spot where you're just always winning. Yep. What a deal. So the question is, should Foxen try to get value by betting or by check calling? Right. Because Yort's going to have a lot of missed draws. And you would expect that the majority of those don't have enough showdown value to consider calling when you bet. And if you're not putting them on too many fours, you're just trying to get called by queen high and fours. I mean, I think we're probably supposed to check and let Yorit bluff. I think we might be supposed to check raise, by the way, not check call in this specific spot. Because we pretty much always have a chop or better. Chopper better, and maybe we can get called by a four sometimes. Yeah. And it's it feels like it's sort of a free roll spot for us to check raise. And maybe we can get him off a chop sometimes. I mean, I would hate to be wrong and him just turn over king queen. <laughs> like, oh, didn't expect you to play that that way. <laughs> but we yeah. can think of it like, I mean, yeah, then that would be terrible. And yeah. it would be too bad that we lost sort of the max. But we can also think of like, well, he was supposed to get it all anyway, like once the turn came, like in, yeah. in that spot. Like we're always, 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 you know, getting it on the turn with him. If he raises, but it's not the turn. So I, I think we're supposed to check raise and either try and fold out a five or get heroed by a four. That's um, a reasonable thought. I don't, I don't know exactly. I'd be curious to see what a solver would say about, about that spot, but it feels right. feels right. 
also we're Alex Fox and we do such weird things and we're so aggressive and stuff. Like maybe we've we got that called. super angry face when we yeah. look at people and we're playing poker with them. Like we want to kill them. Like yeah. Rip them in half. Yeah. He definitely looks like that. Yeah. That's why him and Kristen Bicknell make such a good couple. Because she looks nice. Yeah. They're like the sweet, they're the opposites, you know, opposites yeah. attract. He's like the psycho killer and she like makes muffins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Obviously she's a killer at the poker table. But you she's know. got a friendly vibe. She's absolutely like got a she, friendly vibe. She might bring baked goods to a gathering and without prompting. The only thing Alex Foxen has ever said to me in his life was, no, it wasn't just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the, literally the only words he's ever said to me <laughs> as I complimented him on something, by the way. Yeah. So like Kristen McNell, I've never spoken to her, but I, we have friends who have. Um, and all they've done is report back how nice she was. Now that we don't actually know anything about these people, but you know, yeah. it's, fun to, it's fun to pretend. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, so our friends, Mitchell Towner and Robert Brewer were playing in the tag team event at the World Series this year, mm-hmm. which is a 1K buy-in where, that you can have up to four players play. So for like for Alex Fox, and it's not a big deal at all, this this event. Yeah. But apparently Robert Brewer was playing with, with Fox and for a little while at the table, and Fox was just getting super pissed at like everybody all the time. Just like, it's weird. It's, he probably invested, what, 250 bucks to 500 bucks in that? I mean, yeah. whatever, whatever. The, even if, let's say, he invested $1,000 in it, who cares for him, right? It's yeah. like, this is a 20K buy-in right here yeah. that he's in right now as the chip leader. They're already locked up 72K. It's nothing. This is, he makes so much so money. So he's a very intense person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically. what it is. Yeah. Anyway, Foxen decides on this river that the best way to get value is to bet. He's going to bet 80K. I assume he's not folding if Jort shoves. I don't see how he could fold. I guess he's really praying to get called by a four or somehow induce a shove. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to say what happens, then we can go over it. I mean, Jorrit called the turn, so he has something. Yep. Jorrit called the river, too, Jonathan. Yeah. He started the river with 180K. Foxen bet 80K. Jorrit has queen high, queen three on the four, five, six, king, six board. All right. Okay. Let's do this. Let's... I can I can defend this. There are ways to defend this. This is defensible. I think, yeah. I mean, one way to defend it is distribution. That's the easiest, most obvious. Queen player. High might be among the very best hands that you show up with is your we think Jort, it, one of those names. Yeah. Um, we th- if he's checking all pairs or even almost all pairs on the flop. Sorry, if he's betting almost all pairs on the flop, if not all pairs on the flop, then Queen High really might be the best hand. Because you expect all Ace Highs to shove preflop and, and King Highs and to, King shove high to shove preflop. So like pre-flop. Queen High is as good as it gets. And so you have to defend with something, right? Yeah. So that's the obvious that's the obvious way to say this is fine. Yeah. And Alex Foxen absolutely doesn't have to have it here. Right. And Alex Foxen did not bet the flop, which makes it less likely that he has a pair. Right. However, you know, he um when you only have eleven blinds, Alex Foxen might be doing tricky stuff anyway, and it's it's a little I weird. Think but he Alex, doesn't have to have I it. think Foxen's doing tricky stuff no matter how many blinds you have. Yeah. That's kind of his thing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. All right, so this distribution argument you could make for calling here. I think I think you can make a very reasonable distribution argument. Yeah. And you could say, and I guess if I was sitting there and I was talking myself into this, which I don't think I would have gotten here because I think I would have folded the turn, but you're basically using distribution on the turn and river to make this call if yeah. you're doing it. It's just like, this is the only way to play against a guy like this, right? Like, the only way to play against this guy is not to, like, overthink anything, not to, like, read into the stories, not to worry about any of that stuff, and just to use distribution to protect myself against a guy who is just going to be hard to play against any other way. That, I, that'd, be, that'd be the argument. I, that's, that's one argument. Another argument for calling, actually, is that the door is so wide open for Foxen to make a bluff here, where if our assumptions about Van Hoof's range are anything 
close to Foxen's assumptions about Van Hoof's range. Mm-hmm. Van Hoof is so incredibly capped, it's a great spot to take a bluff line as yeah. Foxen. It's interesting that he bets 80K and doesn't go for the whole enchilada, by the way. Where, like, if he was bluffing, he might, you would think he might bet all of it, you know? But maybe also it's Foxen, so maybe you can't think that way. Like, maybe it's just like, ah, it's Foxen. He's going to bet 80K as a bluff. He's going to bet 180K as yeah. a bluff. Yeah, probably. It's a, I wouldn't, I would, maybe I so I think we've actually that. made two relatively compelling arguments to call here. Agree. Uh, arguments for folding are you have freaking queen high, and this is for almost half of your remaining stack. I mean, you have nine, you still have nine blinds. If you call and lose, going down to five is a way different spot. I know you're three handed, which means it all comes around fast and all that, but like the fold equity you have with nine blinds, and let's say you play, let's say the small blind is your next hand, right? Let's say you fold it, you got eight and a half blinds on the button. Yeah, you can move in and get folds. If you have, if you call here and lose, which is what happens, of course. Yeah. Um, and the small blind, you have five blinds. You're, you have almost no fold equity against these guys, especially. Like, you have a tiny bit of fold equity at best. They need to have the absolute low, like, bottom 20% of hands now to be folding mostly, right? Like, if, if, you, if you shove four and a half blinds on the button, you're almost always getting called by the big blind, period. Yeah. Like, it's really hard for the big blind to fold with the big blind Annie out there. Yeah. You know, it costs them three and a half. And there's seven blinds in there. They're literally getting two to one. They may not look at their hand. Yeah. So that matters, man. It, that does matter. And I know, I know I was also arguing that, like, this is a great opportunity for Fox and the Bluff based on Van Hoof's apparent capidness. Yeah. But on the other side of it, Fox and if limping with tons of hands, including hands like Ace King and Aces and hands like that, has a lot of really good hands here that he might play this way. He has yeah. a lot of king highs that turn into a king, like all of them probably, king deuce plus, and then plays it exactly like this. I mean, here's another argument for folding, which is not distribution-based, but once Alex bets the turn and gets called, just called, it really looks like Jord has something. Now, yeah. you don't know how he has something. Like, he can have, like, bottom pair. It feels like it's like a bottom pair type hand, right? Yeah. So, like, and then Alex bets again. Like, you would assume Yord is not going to fold the something that he has very often, right? Like, he's going to station a lot. It's Alex. Look yep. at the board. Like, he's obviously going to station a lot. We see that. Yeah, right. This, by the way, makes me wonder again if Alex should be going for all of it instead of some of it. I wonder if Van Hoof would have called for all of it. That would have been interesting. I mean, it looks bluffier, but it's also cost you your whole tournament instead of just most of your tournaments. So, who knows? But it's almost the same thing because McKeon's got almost like right. 35 blinds. And I'm, I'm thinking back to the Manic Gloser hand that we were just earlier referring to against Ryan Reese where Reese starts the hand with five blinds in the big blind. And he's got was ten, it, high. 10 high. And it goes check, 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 check it on the river. Losig moves them all in with nothing. You just, cha- you just combined his first and last name. You called Manny Gloser Losig. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Loser moves him in on the river with nothing at all. And, but he thinks they're probably playing the board. He thinks he's free rolling it. And, and Reese calls all in. Reese has the bottom card that actually doesn't play the board. He has a 10, which plays. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a Jack, Jack, queen, queen, nine board or something like that. Right. Something like that. Something. Yeah. Yeah, Cause yeah. Cause that's right. Cause he flops open ended. Maybe Jack, Jack, nine, nine, something, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Loser calls all in. And the fact that it was all in makes the story worse, not better, you know? So, I mean, the only five blinds, and we understand why Loser did it. But um, anyway, I don't know what's better or not for, for Fox and Sizing. I get why Yorick calls, but this is why I hate the turn call so much. And why also I'm not so in love with this river call either. I mean, I just want to... 
tournament is so much about situations. Tournaments are, you know, yeah, as as opposed to like cash game frequency type stuff. Now both matter, of course, but you can use like distribution to more easily print money in a cash game than in a tournament because you have to consider situational stuff. Right. Yeah. Like in a cash game, everything's one to one. The dollar you put in is equal to the dollar you get back. Obviously that's not one to like there's money in the pot too, but I mean like, but like the chips, the chips you earn are worth the same amount as the chips you lose. That's not true in a tournament. Right. Yeah. And as we see by calling here and losing, it's such a different spot from now on for Van Hoof until he gets a double. Now he's got a double just to get back to this spot that he's in right now, which is kind of devastating. It's super, and, it, and it's a double that is going to be a forced double, meaning like he has no time to wait. He's going to have to be all in probably one of the next two hands now. Like that sucks. As opposed to if he folds here, he buys himself a little bit more time. He doesn't have to be all in in the next two hands. And if he is all in, he has more fold equity. So it's going to get through a lot more. It's such a better spot. Gives him a way better chance to win the tournament. Now, he may feel like Foxen's mucking around so much that distribution just demands he calls and the hell with it. And that's the best way to win the tournament is not to give up this spot where distribution demands you call. Yeah. Which is not crazy. No, it's not. Still, that's why I didn't even like the turn call. Yeah. I, I just think, want to avoid this whole spot. I think it's a little ambitious, but I, I do get it. It's just, I, I just don't know. Have, I just would have rather bet the flop. Yeah. You know, right. and now we might have been shoved on the flop and maybe we would have had to fold. But guess what? That'd We'd have more blinds now. Better. too. We would have, you know, nine and a half blinds instead so of you looked five. Up, you looked up the payouts, right? How did this go? Yeah. How, how did this end up? Oh, um, well, Van Hoof does finish just the way you think. Van Hoof yeah. finishes third. Alex Foxen wins. Yeah. McKeon finishes second. Makes sense. So, yeah, it does make sense. Um, it's got to be so rough. Like this, the final table. I mean, there are only 19 players. I guess the final table was it's probably half, pretty half tough. Time. No matter but what, these last three guys are like Van Hoof is the fish at this table. Yeah. He's not a fish in any way, but with these guys, he's definitely the worst player, right? Yeah. Unless he's doing stuff we don't just don't know about. Right. But it seems like he is. And I'm sure when they get heads up or McKeon's like, geez, really? This is the guy I have to play now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm good, but come on. Like, yeah. this is literally the number one ranked guy. I don't know if he still is, but certainly he was for a long time and he might still be. You yeah. Know? Like, that's that's not the guy you want to have to play. I don't want to play any of these guys. Right. That's it.